Hey listener, my name is Elvis and welcome back to the Startup Playground podcast, a place filled with inspiring and unique entrepreneurs right here, right now. I hope all of you had a great holidays and happy new year. Since this is also a new decade and a new season, I would like to kick off it by talking about sustainability. What comes to your mind when you hear this word? If you would ask 100 people the same question, you may end up with 100 different answers as it is a broad discipline. Personally, when I hear about it, I tend to think about reducing carbon emissions, decreasing print materials, protecting the environment by using more eco-friendly raw materials. But that must be just a part of a bigger picture. Therefore, to understand what sustainability actually means when it comes to brands, organizations, I have decided to host on this decade's first episode two very ambitious founders who may know the actual answer. But before that, let's listen to the jingle. You are listening to the Startup Playground. show where I invite entrepreneurs, startup founders and game changers to talk about their success stories, learn from their mistakes and hear about their interesting experiences. Welcome to founders of Hood Heroes, Frederick Rubens Mortensen and Jonas Brun Jakobsen. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. And God knew Happy New Year to you too, man. <laughs> Entrepreneurship. What does it mean to you? So let's start from you, Jonas. Sure. For me, entrepreneurship means working on my dream in contrast to working on someone else's dream, but getting paid for it. Probably because their dream lies, lies outside uh, work. But for me, ambition is working on those. How many dreams do you have? I haven't counted them, but I think they could be counted on one hand. But I think they're really good dreams. Just need to keep at it, you know, like be dedicated to achieve those. But... Tell me about you, Frederick. What is entrepreneurship for you? Yeah, um, well, along the same lines, but I have a more nerdy, uh, <laughs> a scientific uh, kind of geeky approach to, to entrepreneurship, given my education and, uh, and, and history in general. So I, I've, I look at it as like seeking and seeing and seizing an opportunity that until now has been kind of hiding or impossible to find in between the cracks of reality. And actually, if you, again, sorry, ner nerd alert, like if you look at the word entrepreneurship, it actually in Latin means taking what is in between. So that goes for us as well uh, in terms of what we're really excited to share later on today in terms of sustainability and the marketplace. I'm, I'm kind of new to all the sustainability immersion and I know we have to care about our environment and, you know, I've been like knocking on every people's doors the same way, but without, you know, using the sustainability word. Is the goal of the world to make all the world sustainable? So basically remove everything that's making unsustainable living? I think one of the bad things you could say with sustainability right now is there is this mentality that either you are working towards it or you're working against it. But the status quo right now is not that everybody are villains. That's just we're living the way we are. So I would say if we put a goal for the whole world to be sustainable, then some people would automatically become villains. I don't want that. But I think it would be a good aim to become more sustainable as a whole. 
I think it's a great question, actually, because uh, in I've never thought of it that way. But now, now you get you get me thinking that that sustainability, in some ways, is about life, right? And life is is what matters on planet Earth, right? Of keeping it going, both in the reproductive sense, but also in the health of, of any status quo of uh, of the world history. So therefore, yeah, I do believe like the main goal of uh, of everybody's lives is to uh, keep it healthy. So it's like a trend, like you know, entrepreneurship is the new the new orange or something. So sustainability is the same way because it suddenly pops up. Everybody starts caring about the environment. Everybody starts, you know, decreasing the carbon emissions and you know, removing the print media and you know. I have heard sustainability being called a trend before. I think it's more. Yeah, it's the new black. It's not a passing trend. <laughs> and it's, yeah, it's yeah. that to stay. Uh, and, and not uh, not misunderstanding black as oil. Uh, <laughs> it's really <laughs> the opposite. Uh, and uh, and it's it's become or it feels like a trend because it's blown up out of nowhere, as you allude to. But why has it done that? It's, it's uh, for us. We see it as a mixture of informational advances, where suddenly we're we're woke, we're aware about the effect of everything that we do. Uh, we weren't before. Like uh, before, uh, a globetrotter was uh, a, a good thing. Today, if you, if you uh, tell people that you fly around the world uh, and see every possible place in the world uh, via airplane, then you're a little bit ashamed because now you're aware that it, that it doesn't only expand your horizons, but also damages the planet, if you do it that way, at least. Uh, and that's combined with the technological solutions that we also now sh uh, have, which makes us focus more on how we can actually address sustainability and unsustainability. That's a very interesting way to put it, Frederick. Very interesting way to put it. But yeah, I mean, we all have to care about our planet if we want to have, because, you know, a couple days ago, I was telling one of my friends that, you know, he was saying like, you know, oh, it's so beautiful. The weather is outside. It's so beautiful. It's like, yeah, but it's January. If I remember January five years mm -hmm. ago, there was actually a snow. Five years later, I basically walk in summer jacket because it's not even minus. So I'm like, yeah, but, you know, it's being caused by all the, you know, fast fashion and by the, all the prints and all these things that we didn't care. And now we suddenly care. So do we really have time to save the planet and get back to where it were five mm. years ago? That is the million dollar question. Right. Billion, billion yeah. dollar indeed. And it, chances are looking more and more sleek. Um, but there's still time. And we discuss this at the lunch table of our mm. business every day, because that's what, <laughs> what we're passionate about. And the other day, th this topic came up again. And, uh, I, and I'm, I'm starting to, to think our best bet is to do as much as we can, everybody mm. in the world, to, to uh, postpone the time where it, where, <laughs> where it gets really bad. Because that will allow, allow us to, in the meantime, to uh, invent the technologies needed to reverse the process. Um, so uh, <laughs> Sounds like some kind of back in the future movie now. <laughs> Moving on. Maybe time travel. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> How do you define entrepreneurship in, let's say, three words as a team? Because since you are a co-founder and, you know, there should be a chemistry, so... Is it cliche to say teamwork? <laughs> I, th I, I never would have been able to, 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 to do it alone and not with what we have achieved and not mentally. So I think teamwork, support, support is probably a better word for it. Mm. That would be one of the words, uh, synergy, support. Yeah, understanding, but, and, and also diversity. And uh, diversity mm. is often, 
an overlooked part of sustainability uh, as well. Actually, both when you're talking teams, but also if you blow a team up to uh, a large scale, then uh, then it's nations and then it's the world uh, at the next level of the scale. And uh, and in order for for any any organization mm. to work, uh, there there doesn't there is need for diversity. Because we all have complementary strengths and interests, and you need them all to make anything succeed. And uh, the same goes for for entrepreneurship, um, since you uh, you both have the commercial side and the, te- the technical side, mm-hmm. and uh, and you um, you really work for an audience, uh, and and you both need to be attu- attuned with that audience. Oftentimes, it's a targeted one, but a sm- small sample of similar people, but. Nonetheless, there's still a lot of heterogeneity mm. uh, in that audience, and uh, representing that in, in a team is important. It's inter- interesting what you're touching there, because it's not just about professional diversity. I mean, sustainability is not just about the climate. Mm. It's about poverty, health. It's a broad, spec- broad spectrum, and I think that's a really good thing with diversity, too. There's everything from equality to climate, poverty, represented on the team. Which is really important if we want to represent the voice of the people that we represent, not just one specific niche of people. So, so the three words that you describe entrepreneurship were synergy, teamwork, and diversity. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that's good. I mean, they are great words. <laughs> <laughs> come on, you come up with the <laughs> team words now. That's good. But tell me about how did you unite forces uh, together since you are basically what I checked of your LinkedIn profiles. You come from different educational as well as career backgrounds. Definitely. You, you and us are more like into IT, software development, computer science and security, right? Mm. And Frederick, were more into innovation, entrepreneurship, business administration and sociology, like more in consult- consultancy and workshops as you have also done that, I saw. How did you basically decide to unite the forces? Yeah, I think again here we are charging that that professionally we are very different, but personally we both have a lot of things we care about, which has some overlap, which which made us start discussing these things and what's wrong with them and how we can address them. And I mean, it has been a short journey in the big picture, but but there's been so many discussions which has let us down this way from there. And the actual timeline uh, and process of which we united is probably a classic one, actually, despite our, our different backgrounds. Because um, it happened at uh, my previous employer, um, where mm-hmm. I was working as a project manager uh, with a, an IT project. And uh, and then uh, in comes, at some point... Uh, the happy cons- consultant. The happy software consultant <laughs> um, uh, who uh, who's supporting an, uh, an, over- an overlying part of the project that I was working with. At some mm. point, uh, <laughs> our interests <laughs> and uh, ambitions uh, then uh, got out. Uh, and uh, and that started an unstoppable snowball of, of uh, skunk works. So uh, it, it became harder and harder with our informal workshops uh, in the evenings and so on. Um, to to um, close down Pandora's box that we had opened up too wide, and we found out that we exactly had the the diversity, teamwork, uh, and so mm. on that was uh, necessary to um, find a complementary team. And well, we didn't think too much about this b- back in the day, but uh, but all entrepreneurs, especially tech entrepreneurs, at some point want to raise funds, uh, and uh, and there it became very apparent that we found found a golden match. 
since investors always ask that first. Yeah. Like, do you both have a CTO and a CEO, uh, a commercial part and a technical part? Hallelujah. <laughs> the perfect, right that they the won. perfect match. That's good. Yes. That's good. <laughs> because of our differences. Because of your differences. Well. Yeah, because, you know, two similar people cannot match, I guess, right? Two different people can match because they're like the missing puzzle. Yeah, if there was two of me, I would feel so sad for the team. <laughs> thanks. thanks for the honesty, Jonas. Thanks for the honesty. That, yeah, it goes for me too. Uh, <laughs> no. what, what about your personal life goals? You must mm. have, uh, you know... Yeah, um, I think it's, it's, it's uh, Richard Branson, which has an outdoor toilet without any walls, so he can start every morning with a beautiful view. <laughs> I think on a more serious note, my personal life goal would, also that was cool, my personal life goal would be, I think I'm the kind of guy that wanted to live my whole life in a house with friends always being surrounded by company. And obviously that's not realistic. People have family, people have different paths in life, but creating a company with friends I already have, but having one surrounded by friends, having one with a team I could trust, that's, perfect. that's probably my personal life goal, being around friends at work isn't too risky to make a company with friends i think there are some people that say make a company with someone you know professionally and then you can become friends and then you can keep each other accountable and i think there's some truth to that but i think with the friendships i have honestly it's not a problem for both good and bad so i think it would be possible and i think the the pros would outweigh the cons it would be a team i could really trust and would really, really be positive to go to work with and probably could share their sustainability dream with. That's probably my personal one and professional. Two birds with one stone. <laughs> How about you, Frederick? Um, well, I share a lot of, uh, of what Jonas is saying. And, uh, and when I was younger, originally, uh, I was driven by the potential money that was in it uh, and, the, and the freedom that I imagined that that would, be, would also follow mm. with being an entrepreneur. At some point, I, I realized that, you know, that only so much money could make you happy anyway. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and beyond that point, uh, there's not much point to it, since that number can always be higher uh, if you only care about money. And the second, in terms of freedom, I also realized, okay, if that cannot be the reason why I would go into uh, to entrepreneurship either, because people uh, don't realize that in a regular job, you, uh, you have one boss and you have predictable schedules. And that's actually a lot more freedom than, than having a million bosses uh, in, the uh, mm. in, in the name of um, customers, employees, stakeholders of different sorts, advisory board members, mm. and so on, so on, that want to meet you uh, and want your attention at all kinds of weird times per, uh, uh, in the day. So, uh, so, so that, that, that disappeared as my main reasons. Now what I'm motivated by is, uh, in short, like for, for honor, uh, and and for my fear of death, actually, and and that comes from uh, from the fact that I want to make the most out of uh, out of the the time here on Earth that that I have, and uh, and uh, both you know live to the max while this, but also uh, leave something behind, um, some footprints in the sand that uh, that are meaningful and shows that I I left the place a little better uh, than I than I found it, <laughs> so to speak, to get a little bit more specific. I, I was uh, so lucky to be living in, in the Middle East, uh, in Oman, during the 90s. And, uh, and there they, back then, had a super beautiful coral reef and uh, an amazing nature. And I, I went to school with more than 100 different nationalities from, from around the world. And we just relished our differences and, 
and enjoyed the beautiful nature that we had back then. Then I came back to Denmark afterwards and discovered that we were even more privileged uh, and, and lucky up here, uh, probably the most safe uh, haven in the world. And then growing up from there, I realized that that's not the case for, for a lot of people around the world. Uh, they're less privileged socially. And that coral reef, it's bleaching, it's disappearing, and you see all the fires around the world and so on. So it just became more and more clear that that should be a worthy, worthy purpose for us to fulfill. And since we're a little bit frustrated with the, the status quo, Jonas and I, uh, mm -hmm. then, then we felt like uh, the entrepreneurial way of, of taking matters into our own hands was the way to, uh, to live our life. I think purpose is the key word here. It's not just about the goal and, and having your eyes on the horizon for the goal. It's just, a, just as much about every day having, having the feel of having a purpose. It's a beautiful thing you're saying, people. You know, because it's, it's, I'm thinking back, you know, in times when I was 15, when I was 20. I remember, you know, beautiful snow, winters, springs, autumns, change of weathers, colors of the leaves. And, and, and now it's like, eh? It's like, <laughs> there is something, but it doesn't like feel like, you know doesn't feel like it should be. Yeah, it's changing I'm afraid. really fast. I'm afraid what is going to happen to our kids, what our kids going to experience, because if we're not going to unite the forces, as you know, all, all those sustainable goals, then we'll have no tomorrow, I believe. Yeah, mm. yeah. I and guess. that scares everybody, right? It's super scary um, for everybody but mm. the cockroaches, which, uh, <laughs> which can out, outlive, us, uh. of us, outlive us all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Fortunately, you're not the only one that has thought of uh, thought of that. We meet people of all ages that says uh, either they are going to inherit the world, so they want to do something, or I mean, even on our advisor board, one of them says, "Hey, I'm giving this world to my daughter. I want to help you guys because uh, this is the way we can change it. We that's can true. improve it. If we work together, we can improve it, right? Yeah. But let's talk more about the Hood Heroes. That seems very interesting to me when the first time I opened the platform and also tried to find myself, but then realized that I have to go through a sign-up process, right? Mm. Mm. Tell me, what is actually Hood Heroes? It's, an, it's a mission to uh, help make sustainability everyone's everyday business. Um, mm. That's, the, that's the, the mission and hopefully a vision in the sense that we'd wake up to find that that's the case someday. And why, why, why say it like that, everyone's business? It's because we've chosen to address uh, sustainability in the marketplace. We feel that's, that's the best place to, to, to make changes and make impact um, because we can't wait for governments anymore. They are regular as beep. And really, like the marketplace is, uh, is where a lot of the problem is and comes from uh, through, uh, through what we buy and what we work for and, and so on, what we ship around the world. Do you um, remember the number? The 100 biggest companies, the, the most polluting companies stand for, is it 70% of the world's pollution? Exactly. 100 companies. And before uh, we uh, citizens uh, polish our glory, uh, our halo, uh, we should look a little bit inwards because 90% of that emission uh, pollution comes from directly from the products that we buy and has to be uh, sent all the way around the world and uh, produced under poor conditions and so on. So mm. again, back to what Hood Heroes is, is trying to help uh, us demand better because the beautiful thing about capitalism and the marketplace is that supply generally always follows demand. And fortunately, there is such a great interest and intention 
uh, amongst everybody mm. to uh, to be everyday heroes. And uh, right now, it's just hard to because it's hard to find, hard to compare, hard to impact sustainability in our very busy everyday lives. And moreover, it's it's hard to get um, rewarded for doing the right thing, whether you're a citizen or a company. And mm. when we had uh, when we realized that, uh, then we started building a, a platform that allows you to exactly look up, compare, and and rate the sustainability of of any brand in the market. Later on, we can move to the specific products as well, so you can so you know what what sneaker uh, is better mm-hmm. than another sneaker, rather than what brand is is generally more um, responsible and ambitious and actually doing stuff to uh, add to the health of the world. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, I read. I think it's two months ago. A Danish top politician wrote in a newspaper that that the Danish population, the Danish people, and not just the Danish people, are actually sustainable. They want to be sustainable. They want to do a change. It's just how do they know what a su- sustainable choice is? They might be down in the local sh- uh, store, want to buy product A or product B, but how do they know which one best reflects the values? There's no easy way to find that out. And even if it reflects the values. It's been such a passive process. No, nobody ever asked them what matters to you. And we believe that everybody is a sustainable person, or at least everybody has something that matters to them. Might not be frameable in the sustainable development goals, but we all have something that matters. I mean, whether it's free hospital or whatnot, creating a platform where people can represent their values and drive the world towards that by just doing the everyday small actions of buying sustainable, buying from the brands that represents the values they want to have more of in the world. So I guess going from the why to the what, it's always easy to compare us to some, something else to understand it. If you think about IMDb, you want to look up a movie, see what's the user reviews on this movie, what's the expert reviews on this movie. Well, let's go into another vertical and say, let's look up a brand. Okay, what are this brand standing for? What sustainable development goals? What certifications? And what do people think about it from a user perspective? And what do the experts think about that? How sustainable are they? It's a quick rain check and it's a way to learn more if that's what you want to do. Yeah, and likewise, the other, uh, from companies' perspectives, uh, they because they're eager to follow demand, um, they really want to know what resonates well with, with us uh, citizens, whether we're uh, with our consumer hat on or with our employee hat on or investor hat on. And, and likewise, right now, they don't have a really good chance to understand um, what is worthwhile, what gives return on investment uh, in being better corporate citizens in the world. And therefore, it becomes quite hit or miss uh, for, for companies in terms of how successfully, how successful they implement new sustainability initiatives. Well, oftentimes, uh, they, uh, w- when they miss, they miss really, <laughs> really uh, far from the bullseye, right? And, and that backfires on them because uh, they get a greenwashing stamp uh, right in the forehead because it wasn't good enough uh, and, and so on. Um, and it wasn't attuned to what people were expecting, rather. That's where Hood Heroes again comes into the picture because we, uh, super universally speaking, want to be that connection between citizens and companies in the marketplace around sustainability. What's the most polluting industry? Oh, that's a good one. I know answer to this one, but I just, <laughs> you know, wanted to hear. Is that the crew answer? That is, I think it depends on how you slice and dice industries, um, uh, because uh, there's no doubt about fossil fuel uh, refinement industry mm. being, being the most polluting. 100 companies that Jonas talked about before uh, stood, that stand for 70% of pollution are oil companies. And that's why that's mm. the first thing that should be <laughs> revisited. 
But then, then moreover, then uh, it's uh, most likely uh, flight and fashion and agriculture. I was thinking agriculture too. That may be shaping to logistics. Tell us the truth. The truth is basically because I also spoke to um, co-founder, founder, um, Lilia Dreyer from Wear. She does uh, sustainable uh, shoes from um, jeans. Since she's in fashion, and I also, that time I read upon, you know, like fast fashion trends and all that stuff. And the most polluting industry is fashion. Because if we think, like, like personally me, I don't buy clothes a lot. I use like mm. jeans, like for, let's say five years, if they are good quality jeans, like then I use them for five years because jeans is a material that can, you know, stretch and pull, stretch and pull, and that it can last for longer, you know. Mm. But when I looked at other people's, they buy based on trends, based on fashion changing, you know, and then, you know, if the white is not in, in, in fashion anymore in 2019, I'll buy the fashion color of this one. And then, you know, you throw the old clothes out because you don't yeah. constantly think about, you know, the future of the environment because that's actually polluted. Because mm. if we look like to a country like Denmark, but other countries that's more living in poverty, they actually swim in clothes because clothes are all over the, you know. And that's kind of scary because, you know, it's like, yeah, but I know we all want to look good, but let's think about the, the, the backfires of what we get of this looking good and sharp. It's right? often hard to see the consequences. Yes. Especially not when they're not happening right next to you. It's fashion. Thank you for that. And uh, that also makes me think about exactly where, why sustainability also is becoming um, so popular nowadays. Um, and it's, it's because apart from the, the less fortunate countries that still uh, have a, a long way to go to make it to, uh, to our level of, of, of living standard, the rest of the world in general ha has had a growing living standard as well and, uh, and allows us to move up on our uh, on what, you know, Maslow's pyramid of needs um, to, to more, towards self-realization. Uh, and and in, in the same process, it seems like uh, sustainability is becoming kind of like the new differentiator uh, for people to help them decide what, as a criteria when they're out there uh, in the shops and so on, uh, where exactly... The, what you can hope uh, conti continues beyond what we see today um, is that maybe looks of fashion will will become less and less important um, and what will instead be the important criteria is whether you can see on a person that they're wearing uh, clothes that has been has been worn for a while or has been through uh, a circle of re reuse and upcycling yeah. exactly The fortunate thing about about the most polluting and least sustainable uh, industries and sectors is that they're also the ones that are most light shed on, uh, right? And therefore, mm. also most work done within. Like both fashion and uh, and 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 flying around the world for airplanes uh, is is <laughs> what pollutes mm. a lot, and therefore also where you see a lot of change happening. The unfortunate thing is that it's totally random whether you uh, find a brand that actually is trying to make a difference like klm is 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 one of the ones that have committed to actually having uh co2 less flights uh at a specific uh, date i don't want to hang them up on anything so uh, <laughs> so <laughs> that i can't uh, promise on their behalf but uh, nonetheless that's the case and sometimes when my uh, uh fiance orders clothes over over the internet then a box comes home and without knowing that that was the case uh, when she opens up the box she finds out that oh H&M has has a circular economy initiative uh, where you can uh, you can give back the clothes and they'll make use of it 
But mm. she was like, oh, I would have loved to know this beforehand. So I specifically mm. would have, could have chosen them because of that. And that's where we come in again, hopefully. Mm. They, they recently, yeah, I think it's been around that you can see like these boxes where you can actually throw the clothes in and edge them. And I think Zara does similar things mm -hmm. because, you know, pollution. Moving on a little bit. About your name. I have met a lot of startups. I have seen a lot of names, but I have never seen a brand name with apostrophe before that. <laughs> Therefore, there is this question. Because a lot of people have been asking me also since, you know, I've actually posted that I'm going to be featuring you on the podcast. Why there is apostrophe in the beginning of the name? We love this question. Uh, <laughs> we get it a lot. We get uh, a couple of versions of it, uh, both whether we make mm. hoodies uh, and uh, <laughs> and also what does the apostrophe uh, mean um, in the name in general. Mm. Um, so would you like to take them uh, through this? Yeah, yes? sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've been asked if we, create a, if, if we make hoodies. We have been asked what we do for the ghetto because the, the hoods in the US is the ghetto. And, and, um, and whether and it has something to do with Robin Hood? Uh, oh, yeah, so? that's been that. Yeah. That too, yeah. But there's so, a good reason. So basically, what we want to illustrate is you can put a word in front of hood, and what you can put in front is whatever matters to you. So let's say brotherhood, childhood, greenhood, elderhood, whatever is the hood that matters to you, whatever means something for you, you can go in and see who's the hero of that hood. So that's, that's what, what we want to illustrate with the name. We're not saying what should matter, we're just saying whatever matters. Come in and see who's doing the best there. Exactly. I, we, we, generally speaking, are zooming out to the rest of the name. Um, it came to us because we, we truly <coughs> believe that everyone wants to be a hero of their hood, of their cause, So, uh, in other words. Mm. Um, and that is just not the case right now. Everyone being both citizens and companies alike want to be hero. The companies want to be heroes towards their stakeholders and citizens want to be heroes because it provides purpose and meaning in life, just like it provides purpose and meaning, meaning for Jonas and I to be, an, to be an entrepreneur because we think we can make a difference that way. And therefore, we, we wanted to dedicate our platform and our name to, uh, to celebrating the people and companies that actually now, because they have the opportunity, can be uh, heroes of their hood in their everyday lives. Exactly. The one that goes the extra mile. Have you ever thought in future to make actually sustainable hoodies? No, because you just mentioned it, you know, and I came in my mind, you know. The, the funny thing is exactly because we've gotten that question so many times, we, uh, we wanted to troll people. Uh, so <laughs> so for, uh, for, for Christmas, we, uh, we ordered a bunch of uh, organic uh, hoodies uh, w printed with hood heroes on it uh, and, and look very much forward to seeing whether people will uh, ask whether they, where they can order it when we wear it in the gym and so on. So, <laughs> good idea, Elvis. That's what you gotta I turn think. your weaknesses into your strengths. Exactly. Right. Right. Be a bit self-ironic is important. <laughs> since since your business is uh, surrounded by sustainability and the brands, you must know how to define a sustainable brand. That's again hard because sustainability is a subjective thing. It's all in the eyes of the beholder. What matters for me defines what is a sustainable brand for me. And again, we don't want to be a certification agency. We don't want to be the ones that go out and say, this brand is good, this brand is not good. We want to be the meta platform, you could say, where consumers can go in, unite their voice and say what's good and what's not good within these areas you can look up. So, so defining a sustainable brand is really, really hard. I think 
whatever brand that does something, for instance, the 17 uh, sustainable development goals created by the UN, whatever brand works towards reaching one of those areas is definitely a hero for some people. Yeah, the ones that work for and and keep on improving on 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 their efforts to be even more sustainable, whether socially or environmentally. And one thing that I would just like to double down on uh, about you saying is like sustainability. Wh- what is it, and uh, and what is what is good objectively uh, and bad mm. objectively? Again, it's important to underscore that that it exactly is in the eyes of the beholder uh, what sustainability is. Like for example, like <laughs> this is this is silly, of course, but just to prove a point, cockroaches, as I mentioned before, and <laughs> jellyfish and uh, and other other uh, other animals and plants are thriving under the uh, increasing uh, temperatures and uh, and <laughs> um, and salt balance of uh, of <laughs> of the seas and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we would like to keep it in the way that it is the planet in terms of of being delightful for humans to and and animals to to live in, and socially as well. Sustainability for for most people is bringing up equality uh, and and standards mm. of living for for everybody in the world and so on. So it makes sense that the UN have agreed upon these seventeen sustainable development goals as being what sustainability primarily is about. Mm. But when you look at those seventeen different different goals, you also see you also sense the complexity of sustainability and weighing what is more more important uh, having a zero uh, co2 emission balance or having equal amounts of uh, women and men and and different ethnicities uh, at the at the workplace and securing um, justice around the world for 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 example homosexuals and so on like how do you how do you weigh those things against each other is super hard and and uh, deciding what is most important and that that's okay mm. uh, that it's complex at some point, there'll be enough data and enough agreement about about what matters that so that we, for example, as audios, could make an overall complex methodology that could calculate based on on purely facts what mm. companies are better and worse. But until then, it's a, a really big step if everybody gets a voice to help impact companies to move in the right direction and mm. mostly focus on rewarding the ones that actually are making an effort to uh, one-up uh, themselves and probably also the competitors who just did something more sustainable than themselves and therefore they're jealous at mm. <laughs> receiving some of the rewards from, from, from stakeholders. Competition at being the best really interesting ability, that's going to be, uh, it sounds like the most healthy competition ever. Yeah, a spiral to the top. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So basically what you're saying is that it's hard to define really in one box what is sustainable brand, but it's important to work together towards a more sustainable world by, you know, filling. I believe there is not like one company can fill all the 17 UN goals, right? There is like more like more companies that's working together can achieve all the 17 17 UN goals, right? Exactly. Mm. Like, um... It's rare that a company has the the capacity to solve to work actively towards all of the seventeen goals in in a very efficient manner. The like the best thing a company can do is to use its strengths and its areas of uh, expertise to actually bring upon so much value in terms of improving sustainability that that they can uh, that they can take care of of that part uh, both for their own footprint but also uh, inspire others to to follow in 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 their footsteps. 
And then other companies with other expertise areas and, and business models can focus on their, their mm. area and then likewise inspire each other. Sustainability is also a moving target uh, and, and therefore saying what is a sustainable brand is a castle in the sky. It's always going to be about who is most sustainable right now and who, who is doing the most meaningful uh, sustainability initiatives. And that's something that we would like to show on, on, on Hood Heroes as well in, in the sake of ratings um, growing over time and what a company did uh, in, in history becoming less important the further we move away from it and focusing more on what they did recently. I think on our platform right now, I don't think there's a brand that has more than probably six or seven SDGs they say they represent. And I think that's a good thing because I would much rather have a brand that's focused on some specific SDGs and which are able to walk the talk and not just say, yeah, we do something here. Yeah, we did this thing, which can be related to five different, to five different SDGs because that's kind of, that's another sense of greenwashing. You could almost say like, I did one thing which helped seven different areas. Rather just focus, walk the talk, be specific, be clear, makes it a lot more easy to know you are a sustainable brand and what you are doing towards that goal. Very interesting. Myself, you know, I'm pretty a virgin in all this, but, you know, the more I hear about it, and I guess it's with everybody, you know, there must be, like, every business professional who is currently in a business world either have heard about it, the sustainable goals, either knows about them already. But there are 17 goals. Therefore, the question for me is, like, as a virgin in all this, what are the most important that should be integrated before? Or more like, Everything is important. There is no like right or wrong. <laughs> Again, it's, it's back to the subjective thing. Mm. What's the most important? Well, if you ask personally, I would definitely say, oh, we need to do something about the climate. Oh, we need to do something about human rights. That's definitely some of my heavyweighters. But if you ask somebody else on the team, they will definitely say some probably equality is super important. Probably climate too. It all varies. As our company, we have to start with the man in the mirror has also focused on some of the almost of, of some of these goals equality climate we are what's called double up co2 carbon neutral yeah exactly yeah. we compensate for our carbon uh, footprint uh two times just to be sure um like like carbon compensation is not our end goal but it's a it's a good starting point and one that we ourselves exactly aim to to uh, raise the bar on as well, like pick the the right server vendor that is CO two neutral and and so on so on. Those are the two exactly. two main goals uh, in terms of uh, of walking the talk um, ourselves. In addition to that, what we hope to do is to uh, provide sustainability education for society so that they can make informed decisions that could spill over uh, on uh, work that is done across all the sustainability development, sustainable development goals that they care about, that is their hood to care about, so to speak. And that is, that is also one of the SDGs to provide education for the world. So I would, uh, I would invite everybody uh, who is a virgin to the SDGs uh, to, uh, to go in and look at the framework um, and find the one, your favorite. I'm sure there is one that you care about more than others. And, then, uh, and now knowing that, you now speak the same language as, as more and more companies of the world uh, in terms of uh, presenting what they work for and how you are a good match uh, in securing what you care about, both of you guys. I think the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal f Framework is a really, really good framework for sustainability. I mean, we 
created this platform, we sat down together and said, we need to have a framework that represents the people. Should we create our own new standard? So people just have to learn and remember one more, which is one of the problems out there. There are many standards. Fortunately, the SDG seems to be becoming more and more the predominant one. But we sat down and said, is this representing the people? And it was actually really, really, really hard to find something that mattered for one of us, something that was something we can say considered sustainable in general, which we could not fit down into the framework. So I think it's a really, really good framework to get a first notion of sustainability. What was the, what was the one SDG yeah. that you feel was missing, yeah. Jonas? Yeah, so Would you I, like to share that with the audience? I tried really hard. Uh, <laughs> and I came up with, what if we wanted to remove trash from space? Where should we put that? That is a huge problem. It, it, it is becoming a huge problem. Uh, and, and, and I'm pretty sure Elon Musk has looked at the framework and said, where do I put this? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that one... That one's missing. That one is missing. <laughs> so, so we ended up creating... Uh, we, we actually ended up on our platform whenever a company says what they do, the talk, they can write it under the 17 SDGs. And we actually created an 18th one unofficial. We are probably not allowed to create our own one, but we created one called Other. So we could put that stuff in, in there. And from a professional point of view, I'm actually really, really hyped about it. Because I really, really look forward to the day we can come back to the UN with actual feedback and say, hey, we have another category. This thing is actually really, really major in that category and you do not represent it. Being able to give feedback to them, mm? that's going to be awesome. Yeah. I mean, I haven't thought about the outer space yet, but... <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's something to think in the future, you know. It's the next frontier. 2020, you know, <laughs> all big things. Elon Musk, satellites. That's the thing. Satellites are hard to put into orbit now because there's so much uh, space trash that it'll, it'll come down again. Uh, rain with meteor uh, dust. We definitely <laughs> have a problem there. Hmm? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Jokes aside. Jokes yeah. aside. I also have looked into these uh, sustainable goals and uh, one that I believe I represent and Sweetcast Media generally represents is the educate because I do believe that education have outdated, you know, the, the one that people go and study universities and schools and everything. It's kind of, in my opinion, it's outdated. And also yeah. that's what I was also saying in a, in a previous episode that, you know, I kind of don't believe in education when you go to schools because I went to schools. I studied for what, 16 years, uh, primary school, secondary school, uh, high school, university. Mm. And then I graduated and I'm like, what did I learn that I could not learn online? What is the question? I think there's definitely some higher governmental institution probably decides to a large extent what you're going to learn, especially in probably high school and elementary school, probably less so in universities, but there's definitely something there and also just the general quality of the education, which companies can work towards improving. Still, I think we in the Western world are pretty lucky there. I think in, in, in other countries in the world, I think the problem with education is not necessarily that the education system is bad, but that information isn't free, that it's limited what you're actually allowed to learn. For instance, I think it's a, it's a company that has been here too, above borders, Jonas, the founder, we are, we are one of his friends. And he arranges travels to some of the most isolated countries and areas in the world. And I think that's a good case of insulation because instead of isolating countries, we learn more about them, we share more with them. And I think that's, that's one way towards building a bridge. 
Yeah, but I mean, North Korea and all the isolated, isolated countries that Jonas have been, uh, I don't know how would they live without internet and without, you know, news about outside world, but I guess it's possible, right? Yeah. I mean, we could debate about education and how it's important, not important for hours and hours, but this is not about education right now. This is more about sustainability. And I'll definitely say you're doing something within education. On your website and all the places, I have also saw that you write something about making the world better. And therefore, there's a question. Isn't that saying a bit abused by a business sector in CSR? Don't we like all want to make the world a better place? <clears throat> yeah, there's definitely now we again come down to, to, to the walk and talk. It's a very, very easy to say, oh, are you making the world better? But how are you doing so? And even if they say, how are we doing so? Or how are they doing so? How do we validate they are actually doing so? And that's one of the things we are doubling down on, one of the things we are focusing on. That's if you say you, uh, you have the certification, well, somebody should be able, the certification agency should be able to say, is this right or wrong? The certification agency might be lying, but at least you have to transfer trust from them. So I think it might be overused, but I think it's overused because it's hard to keep people, uh, keep companies accountable for overusing it. I think many companies want to do better, but, but how? Yeah, exactly. No. The key is trust in, <laughs> in something being truthful. Like, uh, like do I believe that uh, Evil Corp is making the world a, a better place? Um, <laughs> um, and, uh, and then about concreteness, like does it get mm. more specified more than, than that uh, blank statement? And that's, that's again something that, that we try to exactly rectify for on, on Hood Heroes in, in giving people a voice to say when it's not, when it's not concrete enough, when it's not transparent enough that it actually is true that no one has transferred their inherent legitimacy onto a claim being uh, valid when that is the case that is the time for you and me to uh, to give companies uh, a low rating on their sustainability and why is it important that it comes from us it is because again they listen to whether we reward them or punish them because uh, inherently Companies in capitalism are neither good or bad, and neither trying to make the world a better or worse place. They're merely put into and driven by doing whatever their constituents ask. So their customers and their employees and their investors. And that's again why it's important for us to remember to reward the companies that do, quote unquote, the right thing according to us. And to be more disciplined in what we actually purchase and what we actually work for. And in letting them know more qualitatively and quantitatively via, via for example, a platform uh, as Hood Heroes, that this is indeed what we would like to see more of in order for them to be successful as companies. So there raises a question for me because you are talking about doing good and, and, and hoping that companies registered in your platform do good work. How do you ensure that all the companies you work with are transparent enough about their work in sustainability? That's a good question. And the answer will be interesting in the sense that we again see ourselves as a neutral mediator for you and me and everybody else to help make that decision about whether it's transparent enough or not. Because in principle, there are so many um, certification uh, bodies out there that make that decision about whether something is good or bad. But companies don't care about certification agencies unless it, a, a good or bad vote uh, or conclusion from such 
leading to citizens, again, the customers and employees and investors, following that uh, conclusion or not. And therefore, we might as well uh, jump over that middle middleman of a certifier and instead tell them ourselves, this is not transparent enough. And therefore, you'll find on Hood Heroes companies that are both super transparent because they saw, <laughs> foresaw the value mm-hmm. of being there. And then you have the ones that, uh, that are not quite there yet, right? that, are, that have, have not foreseen the effects of being, being less transparent than what everyday citizens and experts expect. And for that reason, we exactly have highly rated companies and, and lower rated companies on, on uh, Hood Heroes. It's meant to be the hub for you to find the most sustainable companies and to steer around the least sustainable companies. The important thing is just we provide the tools for them to see where they're transparent, where they're not transparent, where something that's claimed been proved by another third-party auditor, certification agency. We provide the tools for them to create the framework to create this, this platform of tra- where there's transparency, more from some than others, but you can see it. As the mediator, um, exactly as Jonas has said, our job is to make sure that, that companies can be transparent and that if they have certifications from certifi- certifying bodies, that certifying body can, can help the reader, the user, make an informed decision about whether they think it's transparent or not. So you're like the Google for sustainable brands. I mean, even if you visit our, 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 our platform, that's the big search bar like that yeah. is on Google. Yeah, I mean, that's what I first <laughs> went in and I'm like, okay, so let's turn and try my company. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not there. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I have to somehow uh, get in there. But yeah, I get it, yes. Seems like after your description that it could be in the future, if it's not yet, the Google for sustainable brands. Or I don't want to relate it, but... I have mentioned already before we met mm. that you are like trust pilot for sustainable brands. That's one of the comparisons we often hear. Trust right. pilot for brands, I'm the be Vivino, but not wine, but brands. Yeah. Brand sustainability. Yeah. Exactly. But, but, but um, that's, and I think so that's correct. If, if yeah. we stay in the Google analogy, then, uh, then I think it would be helpful to imagine a Google where each of the search results that you get back is rated and, and, uh, and rated high or low. So you know whether to click in on that search result and whether to mm. believe what information is in that search result or not, uh, based on there being both a rating, but also a, a check mark or an X depending on whether certification has been validated by the certifying body or not. So, so yeah. Very interesting <laughs> it's, platform. It's, a, it's absolutely correct. It's, it's a multi-stage rocket and, and marketing-wise, we have to marketing what we have right now, but later stages, a sustainability hub, that is one of the dreams. That's good. I mean, you always have to dream high, right? <laughs> Reach for the skies. As every show, you know, so also this show has listeners and they are from various different kind of industries. And this time we have a question from Eva Kian, the co-founder behind NGO Pilot. It's an organization that is working towards a transparency in the NGO sector. And her question was, how do you ensure that you are not just adding to the shallow do-good marketing strategies of companies you promote, but actually promoting transparent and ethical companies? Thank you for that question, because I think we are exactly the, the, the antidote to, to that status quo at the moment. Why? 
because we are getting more and more educated and informed as everyday citizens. Like you know this across all uh, all walks of life, we are super conscious when we're when we're just buying a keyboard or whatever it is. We do all the research ourselves uh, and uh, make sure we don't get scammed and so on. And uh, and there are all sorts of tools for that in all ways, except for sustainability. Like uh, we have tons of knowledge amongst us in the crowd of users, and some are more expert than than others and therefore we we want to exactly give people the chance to guide each other in the face of too shallow marketing messages from companies that are trying to to greenwash what they're doing by over or exaggerating what it is they're doing or under explaining what also still they face of challenges uh, and so on we can really be of of big help to each other by now actually having a place to use that voice and that that knowledge that we all have uh, in rating uh, something that's very shallow, low, and rating the, the things that are, are more thorough and based on evidence, high. Now, as mentioned, like we have different um, amounts of expertise. So we are building into uh, the platform that people and companies that are considered sustainability experts that, that work within the field either being a, a lecturer in sustainability or an NGO, for example, as, as our, our listener and colleague within the sustainability field, that they can, they can come in and have, have a chance to voice their, their uh, conclusion about a sustainability initiative in even more detail than the regular everyday user who both like, has less time to, to evaluate sustainability, um, but also has maybe less less additional considerations than an expert within the field. And therefore, like, as soon as we have this implemented, bear in mind that we're a young uh, startup. So, uh, so uh, finding the time within the 24 hours of day to, to, to include all features uh, per day one is, is, is impossible, <laughs> obviously. Uh, nonetheless, it's, it's on the, the near future roadmap to, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to go to Hood Heroes as a user and then split the rating based on whether you want to see what other citizens like yourself uh, feel mm. and uh, conclude or focus on what the experts say about company X uh, reducing their CO2 to this in 2030. So not now, it's an ambition. How should that be rated? And uh, what are the measures that they have and tactics they've taken into account to make that happen? That could vary who you would want to, to see the conclusion, the rating from. Both for citizens and for companies, having both a user rating where how well does this actually resonate with me, what this brand is doing, and the more detailed expert rating, what's the scale, scope of this, is that ambitious enough, is it ethical? It really matters both to citizens, what other people think, and what experts think. It's two different scores that give the combined overview. And for companies, it's such valuable feedback for them to better know how to resonate with the crowd. So, so you want to, so you want to make a, a, a bit more detailized that this currently is the platform, and you know, so people can actually follow the causes and see putting words into actually actions. Yeah. So one of the things we are working with, and that's also on the near roadmap. That's right now the easy thing for us to start with, and we have to start somewhere. Was with you could say the walk. What are you doing towards the goals? But we we want to be able for companies because they are doing a lot. We want to be able to show the walk. No, the walk they are doing to the talk, and that could be a certification which we are working on having on the platform. Could it be a donation? Maybe they have the last twenty years donated to the same thing. But one of the problems with sustainability, I think, right now is also it's it's very fleeting. 
A company can do something really, really huge. Send it out on all the Sumi media. It's the first post to get a lot of exposure. But as soon as it's the sixth post, people don't scroll anymore. It kind of becomes forgotten instead of it keep building on their brand and their identity. So being able to show, hey, you're actually working towards this goal. And you can show for the last 20 years you have been doing this. That's one of the things we're working towards in that area. Exactly. That, yeah. will, that will exactly reward and incentivize companies to, to actually invest in, in, in sustainability because they know that it will be taken into account not just today, not just tomorrow, uh, but also the day after where it's not in the news anymore that they uh, do- donated like millions of, of whatever to uh, a cancer foundation and, and so on and so on. That it's something that will remain with them and in the minds of, of their stakeholders for a matter of time rather than, rather than being so futile as it is today. Exactly. And one of the things I, I researched when we started this, we both did, was how many money that is being spent right now on digital marketing, on getting that fleeting, hey, the next week we have, let's say, um, shoes cheaper and you get the interest of the consumer for the next week. And it's so fleeting. What if they, instead of having this huge marketing budget, it's billions, if they spend it on meaningful stuff, which kept getting them closer and closer to the users in the long term, instead of just the short, we end the newspaper next week. That was exactly our first probably sentence of agreement to each other when we met a year or two ago was, isn't it goddamn silly that companies (laughs) have humongous advertising budgets and then Mm. they spend it on a discount sale that they have for a week or on a sexy model advertisement or on Mm. a really bad joke commercial and when they could have used that money for, for good, for doing good instead and then getting rewarded for it. But that didn't make sense before there was a platform that could showcase and remember that they actually did good. If you think about ads online right now, they are, in the nature, they are built to get your attention, distract you, take your focus to the ad instead of whatever you are doing. It, it interrupts you right now. It's, it's a disturbing nuisance to you instead of a help. And I believe they can get the same result, the companies, with helping their users instead of just uh, trying to yell the loudest to get their attention. That's proven. Uh, <laughs> that's proven in, in the sense that uh, we're willing to pay 20% more for something sustainable than uh, an unsustainable alternative. We're willing to work uh, a lot longer for a company that has a sustainable purpose and even get paid less if, uh, because it's, it's purposeful and meaningful. And therefore, it's, it's just good business, good business <laughs> yeah. to be sustainable. In the beginning, I asked you to make those three entrepreneur words as a team. But then, you know, during entrepreneurship journey, a lot of people and a lot of advisors and mentors, they say that it's important that you get a team member, right? But it's not so, it's not so easy to find a very compatible or very, you know, person who matches the profile that you are or complements you in, in the ways as you do. So the question is, how important is to have a good and reliable partner in uh, co-founding a business? We once talked with an investor which said they seldom actually consider companies with only one co-founder because if there's only one co-founder, then there's something weird with that guy since he couldn't find someone else. Yeah, they see it as yeah. a red flag if, exactly. if there's no one else that, uh, that they could attract to the company, uh, but also because they know that that person is without sparring uh, mm. and without its counterpart and nobody is perfect. Nobody is able, neither in terms of skills or capacity to carry the load of an ambitious yeah. startup, at least. 
there are plenty of single man companies out there, mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there are not so many um, Rambo's uh, that are capable of, of lifting uh, a tech platform and uh, and rolling that out and and uh, community managing and so on so on. Um, exactly, so. I think from the outside when people look at you, they often think, okay, you're starting a startup, you're running a sprint. How much money are you earning? How fast are you, are you earning money? How many customers do you have? I think they neglect the fact that you're actually not just running a sprint you are, but you're also running a marathon. And for running a marathon, I would love to have a running partner. Uh, so <laughs> mm. I think it's really important there. And tips with regard to find them, I mean, we were lucky. I actually don't know where I would go find a reliable partner. Yeah, it's yeah. about keeping your eyes open, being out there. Yeah. Um, there are tons of events, so you can be lucky there. There's uh, different programs you can participate in yeah. to, uh, to, that actually focuses more on generating a team and then finding an idea than the other way around. Sure. Um, and uh, a lot of yeah. investors, they go uh, on their priority list. They go A, uh, team, B, uh, the idea. <laughs> That's a good point. It's yeah. a numbers game. Uh, Get out there and meet people. <laughs> that goes for any startup, no matter what they are doing. Get out there and meet people. Yeah. But yeah, also with finding a co-founder. And then a side note, I think, would be when you find that person, when you find that candidate, no ifs, buts, and maybes. Mm. If you find someone interesting, have them commit. Don't postpone. Don't delay. You will regret it. Don't have conditions uh, where you would go into, like, that would allow you to go into it and uh, so on. Mm. Um, and, no, and no postponing of when you would jump in and so on, so on. That makes it too complex. Um, so mm. you have to be in it, both of you have, in, the, in, in Denmark, you have this saying, the saying that having your hand on the cooking plate together, <laughs> um, so that when it heats up, you <laughs> both get burned. <laughs> Fine, but stupid enough to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I wonder what it's based on that uh, saying, well, <laughs> an actual example or... Uh, <laughs> I, believe, I believe so, yes, it's an actual example. <laughs> Funny, right? uh, last thing to attach to your question there would be that it's a very... It means so much to have um, a, a co-founder because it's therapeutic. You, it's mm. so nerve-wracking to uh, to be an entrepreneur. You have so many sleepless nights, for better and worse. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. But uh, but you need you need someone to uh, to to pat you on the shoulder every once in a while, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's gonna be all right, yeah. and so on. And others to yeah. high five when it's going well. And divide and conquer. Yeah, more time, more hands. Yeah. I mean, I used to have one and then something happened and then now I'm searching for another one and I'm like, oh, do you want to join a startup? Do you earn money? No. Ah, sorry. Mm. Yeah, that's it. The ifs, buts and maybes. Yeah, but I don't you enjoy the journey rather than, you know, getting rich? Because my point is not to get rich. My point is to enjoy the journey and not the destination. That's actually something mm. we ask every people we taking on the team what's your motivation because people have this have different motivation and that's fair enough and at different periods in your communist life cycle can you fulfill these are you driven by the course are you driven by growth and self-realization are you driven by bounty money fame i mean all of them are okay but it's not all of them you can always satisfy yeah that's true you know i have very interesting talk with both of you but you know, one thing we cannot buy back is the time. And uh, we are kind of running to the end of the interview. But before I ask you to suggest some things to future entrepreneurs or the current entrepreneurs, I wanted to do a little recap. 
So today I had ambitious founders of Hood Heroes, Frederick Rubens Mortensen and Jonas Brun Jakobsen. Hood Heroes is a community-based CSR platform gathered users and businesses in wanting to make a sustainable, socially responsible world by giving users a platform where you can easily find the information you want about companies regarding sustainability and social responsibility within but not limited to the UN's sustainable development goals. When I asked you how do you describe entrepreneurship in three words, they were synergy, teamwork and diversity. And I believe that you stand for them. And I can feel that you have this team chemistry, this founder chemistry that's very important. Also answering when and how important is to actually have a partner, you said that you should have it because sometimes, you know, when you are down, when one person is down, you can tap on each shoulder, lift him up, help lift the heavy weights, fill the missing pieces. So whoever is listening right now, remember, if you ever start a business, remember to have a partner. You're gonna enjoy more the journey rather than being alone in a room. The moment I ask you about a sustainability and this brands, it's hard. It was hard for us to define them because it's hard to say one specific term in what is sustainable brands, but it's more about, you know, working towards a better sustainable world, working together. That's the key, I believe. Also, we agreed that one of the most polluting industries and it's changing is the fashion as well as the oil industry. But it's good that we started now on sustainability and it's good that we are going towards a better world and let's hope that, you know, the snow gonna come out soon also <laughs> and the world are gonna change but without further ado i wanted to ask you as you've been in this business world and entrepreneurship for a while as entrepreneurs what are the main key activities you would recommend other entrepreneurs to invest their time in to succeed in their goals hmm to keep up with the with the theme of uh, saying three words i would probably say remember to get sleep because it, it really is like opening Pandora's box. You sit in the evening, just say, I'm on a roll right now. I want to work more. But uh, remember work-life balance, harmony, and having a teammate, super important. And then I would say focus. It's so important because especially in a startup, there are so many areas. You could focus on so many interesting areas. You, you want to kind of touch everything, but remember what, what is your main service, what main product, what is it actually you want to do? And remember to spend your time there yeah the, no. that's the curse of sustainability of sorry of entrepreneurship uh, is that you during a startup <laughs> phase have the possibility to do anything right and mm. if, uh, the world is your oyster uh, and uh -huh. therefore focus is is absolutely important and then my greatest advice in terms of uh, of what to focus your energy on would be to focus on creating creating value and focus on on experimenting like literally uh, experimenting via getting Feedback on iterations and then reiterating until you have love for the product, service, whatever you're, you're creating. Before then, don't worry too much about investments and about scaling the, scaling the volume of what you're doing to more customers and so on. Just focus uh, on a, a, a small cyclical world, a little bubble that you can jump into where you're focused on what it is that, that you want to achieve. Because once you have that love for the product, it'll all fall into place uh, naturally. 
if I could give myself an advice um, before getting started, it would be to take the words risk willing and early stage investment with a grain of salt, because the, the matter, the reality is that investors are, are very de-risking and very more interested in jumping onto traction and track record than uh, betting on something that potentially could have a huge impact and change the world for the better and and uh, and make them a lot of money in the future. And for that reason, I think we were thinking about investment at a too early point. And if we'd mm-hmm. st- instead focused on just building the platform to be to be loved, which it is now, then we could have uh, been more efficient in getting getting to this point. So that's uh, that's what I would share with uh, Frederick uh, back in 2018, uh, yeah. <laughs> and to anybody who hasn't embarked on on that journey. I think one of the faults we did was we had a good life situation, we had good jobs, we still have a good life situation, but we kind of wanted somebody else to take the risk for us jumping into this. We kind of wanted the investors to take that, but it's a risk you got to take yourself. You have to be fully dedicated to it. It's not just another job. So 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 you have put everything into it. Then, as you are saying, start with listening to one person, then make 100 happy, then make 1,000 happy. Start small, find your ambassadors, because they are the ones that will help you on your journey. So everybody who is listening right now, remember to be patient. Remember to enjoy the journey, not the final destination. And uh, remember to risk it, because you never know Mm. by opening maybe this one door all the world can twist 180 exactly and remember to celebrate your victories yeah and the last thing i want to ask you as i'm sure that people will want to find you and check upon you how where people can basically find you so share your social links our platform is 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 a life in the beta version right now so you can go to hootyours.co explore yourself try see if you can break stuff move a bit uh, try typing things see what's there and feel free to join and contribute. That would mean a lot to us. And then LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, search for Hood Heroes. We are on all those platforms. And, and not just creating platform-relevant content, but content for the general sustainability-conscious person. So I think they are worth following. Exactly. If you, if you want to hack your life to be more sustainable, we are, we're exactly trying to both uh, educate ourselves and, uh, and, uh, and anybody else interested in the process of how to make that happen um, in our civil lives, but also especially in, when we go into the market when, when looking for a job or for a product um, and we want to find the best, best alternative for the causes we care about. In any of those cases, uh, stay tuned with, uh, with us on, uh, on the social media and on the platform. Perfect. I will say thank you, both of you, for this lovely, inspiring, and uh, valuous podcast. I understood much more what is sustainability, what are those sustainable development goals, as well as, you know, which areas we as citizens and the consumers have to put focus more on. I hope you had also enjoyed the conversation. We had a great time uh, talking to you, Elvis, and, uh, and thank Bye. you for uh, providing very reflective questions. That actually made me think in different ways. That's all it's about, right? Sharing and caring, you know. That's the <laughs> entrepreneurship. So the um, entrepreneur spirit. I'll thank you again. I'll thank the listeners for listening. And uh, definitely, if you want to know more about which brand, which organization is sustainable, tap into Hood Heroes platform, write your favorite brand, and uh, have a great day. Anything you would like to say for the listeners? Thanks for listening. 
Let's make sustainability everyone's everyday business. Thank you very much. And I'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.